Welcome to the Small Town Comeback Podcast. I'm your host, Becca Summers. These stories feature builders, dreamers, and doers in Vernal, Utah. These folks are making a big impact in our small town. Today's episode is all about building up tech in our small town. In just the past few years, we've seen a lot of growth and change in this area, and we're excited to delve into what's helping it grow and why. I'm chatting with Travis Campbell, he went to County Economic Director, and Jason Fletcher, CEO and founder of Dev Pipeline. Dev Pipeline partners with local government, communities, and businesses to expand their technical capabilities by training software developers and helping build their software. So Dev Pipeline, they help train the rural workforce and they support rural businesses with their software needs. I'm excited to explore the changes that are happening in rural tech and how it's impacting our small town. Thanks for coming on, you guys. So excited to hear about your stories. And the first question we always ask is, what do you love about living in a small town? So Travis, can you start us off? Well, having just recently moved to a small town from a city on the Wasatch Front, um, I think the most notable thing is the the smaller population. And I, I say that not because I don't like people, because I do like people. And I think that living in a small town, it, it does create this stronger sense of community and um, closeness with your neighbors and the, the folks in, in town. So um, I think in a town like Vernal too, being a little further out and somewhat secluded, there's, there's more of a self-reliance as a group, I think in town. So there's, um, you know, in the economic development world, there's, there's no shortage of entrepreneurs and people with great ideas on how to serve the community and, and, you know, provide goods and services uh, to the public. So I think that's more pronounced here. Uh, that you may get in a in a bigger city. How about you, Jason? What do you love about small towns? Oh, I love uh, just what you said about, you know, outdoor recreation, about figuring out, you know, the grit that you have to, like, make it do or do without, right? Um, you know, I've been, for about 26 years, I've been firmly entrenched in suburbia, but I grew up in a small town in Oregon, and I loved having the opportunities that we had out there. You know, we had Saturdays, we just walked down the railroad tracks and go fishing. And we would, you know, if you wanted to play on a sports team, you had much more opportunity to play on a sports team because there's just fewer people to play the sports, right? So I just love opportunity. I love the grit that you said. And and I just don't think there's um, the kind of community in suburbia that you get in a small town, in a rural community where everybody kind of knows everybody. And if you don't know everybody, you know somebody who knows that person. And I think that sense of community is is key for for happiness. Sure. There's a level of connectedness that yeah. really fosters uh, some goodwill. Absolutely. That's great. So we're so excited to talk about small town tech and really how it helps our local economy, diversifies our economy. And Travis, I was wondering if you could give us kind of perspective of how this has shifted over the past 10 years, because this is really kind of a recent development. I think COVID changed a lot of how we just use technology, um, both how we want to use it and how we I think really needed to use it during that time. Um, you know, whether it was the video calls or, you know, working from home, all those, those, um, changes because of the pandemic really, uh, it altered the way office jobs and like the white collar type jobs, um, really functioned. And so you saw, um, you saw those needs and just that kind of shift really quickly and then um, along those lines, you, you had the realization from people in uh, larger populations or bigger cities or, or 
more populated states that realize like, hey, I don't need to live in a big city. I can I can go live in the small town and I can work remotely and still do my do my job. And so you saw that um, really. I think in the smaller states you saw that exodus from bigger states. And we in Utah we always heard the joke about Californians, even though we didn't really take the brunt of all the Californians moving. I think Idaho and some other states did, but you saw that exodus from the bigger states to the smaller states. And then um, likewise from bigger cities like Salt Lake City to more rural communities. And so um, I think that provided a, um, a a shift in those in communities like ours where you had those rural, um, those, those new jobs in, in rural communities where um, you, before you had to work in the office and now you didn't have to, you could work from home. So you could live in a, a place like ours where you can have access to the outdoors and live in a, in a you know, less populated community or be closer to family. And um, I think it was great because it, it, it helps our economy. Um, it changes the dynamic of how um, people are, are really just doing business and um, really just living their lives. Yeah. When we talk about diversifying our economy, having them bring their independent jobs to our small town, it seems like has really helped kind of level that out a little bit because now when the oil and gas is up or down, they're not as impacted. They have some quite a bit more stability and and that trickles over into everything. Um, another thing that I've noticed that has helped with that growth is our small town's access to internet. Like we have such good internet connection that a lot of rural towns still don't have as great. I know they're working on it, but um, I know employees have, have bragged that like they their internet is faster than you know the the big wigs in New York or whatever. Like their coworkers around the country, and yet they live in the small towns. And thanks to you know incredible broadband, we have access to be able to do the jobs that require high speed, high turnover work. Yeah, we definitely have to give Strata a. Good shout out. Strata Networks does really good for really the basin as a whole, providing that that high speed internet. What have you noticed of people moving in, bringing their jobs that they've been sharing, like from the economic side of what are some of those perks? Well, you get a often you get to live in a a, a town that has a lower cost of living. Um, you know, so you could you could maintain the the same job, the same salary you have, but housing may be a little a little more affordable. Um, which is which is always a plus, I think, for anybody. Um, but I think one of the other things that in a, in a small town that if you don't really recognize in a in a bigger city is the impacts of young people, and when those jobs and that that technology is there to provide those types of jobs, it, it provides that opportunity for that workforce to stay in your small town, so they're not leaving you know, an area like Vernal to go to Utah County or to go to Salt Lake County to, to just to find a job. Um, it helps keep those, those young people here. We don't have the brain drain. And that's exactly. a big part of what's something that Dev Pipeline is helping with. Can you kind of introduce Dev Pipeline for us, Jason? Yeah, sure. Yeah, Dev Pipeline is a in-source software development partner. So we partner with communities, local governments, and employers to help fill their software needs while we help build their software developers. And so we've partnered for years with Vernal and with Uinta County to help provide, you know, development jobs and development resources here in the basin. Fantastic. And, and Travis, you're kind of deeply a part of this uh, partnership in a way. How have you seen this impact the rural workforce to be able to have this 
um, education come to us, right? Rather than us have to come to it. Yeah. So I kind of look at what Dev Pipeline does in kind of two different ways. First is just the individual. You have somebody that um, you had mentioned the oil and gas industry. So oil and gas in the Uinta Basin is a is a huge part of our local economy. I mean, but not everybody wants to go into the oil and gas industry. Not everybody can for you know one re- reason or another. So having you know the that opportunity for an, an education in in the tech field for those who maybe that's that's what they're interested in. Maybe they can't do the oil and gas anymore. Maybe for whatever reason, it gives them that outlet to 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 pursue that career just on an individual level. But then I think the other uh, the other really cool thing that Dev Pipeline has been doing just just recently is is working with some of the the larger employers in town. Definitely, yeah. How have you seen the local tech scene kind of help our local businesses? Because um, Jason, how have you seen it? Let's let's go back to kind of. Can you introduce us to that BHI case study you have? Of um, it, it seems like there's quite a few businesses in rural locations. They start out, they grow, they grow, and then you kind of get to a point where you're in uncharted territory, right? Where you sure. need more software than maybe your in-house team knows. And that's kind of where you come in, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that a lot of companies don't even realize how much they need their software until they start to grow like that, right? You start to realize that your processes are changing or or they're scaling. And, um, you know, as uh, the CEO of Microsoft said, every company is a tech company. And we look at that and we think, um, you know, as soon as a company realizes that they need software, which they all do, um, they start to look for opportunities to to get that done. And it's kind of your options are to hire or to outsource. And um, outsourcing is difficult because you often end up with a team you don't know that may be in a different time zone, or it's very difficult to have that communication, even for onshore developers to where there's not mistakes made and you end up redoing work and those kinds of things. So I think outsourcing is difficult. Hiring is also difficult because you look at the competition for software developers, right? It's, it's intense. And um, we look at that gap, right? The, 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 what we call the software development gap, which over a million jobs in software go unfilled every year. And if you count up all the colleges and universities, you end up with about 58,000 graduates in software development every year. So that's not getting smaller, it's getting bigger, which means that your competition for those software development resources is so intense that drawing someone from, say, the Wasatch Front or one of these larger cities to a rural city they've never lived in is a difficult proposition. And BHI, the aforementioned BHI, is a wonderful example of a forward-thinking company that they're in construction for oil and gas. They're a software company. They need software. And they had hired a software developer, and he lasted two weeks, and then he was gone. Mm-hmm. Higher-paying job or, or better, whatever, um, wasn't a vernal person, and so gone. And that ne- they needed that... Their, their needs met, their software needs met. So that's originally how we started working with them. And that evolved into a discussion about who at their company could become a software developer and fill their needs long-term. That's fantastic. And that's something I just want to make sure the audience understands. So um, part of your program, Dev Pipeline, is, is you are an educational program. So someone who knows nothing about coding or software engineering can go through your, your course in less than a year, right? That's correct. And come out on the other side 
completely knowing and having experience um, on how to help companies and how to be ready to go into the field. And that's huge for the local workforce, right? Especially in a rural workforce. And sounds like you're seeing companies want to hire in-house talent to be their software engineers because they they know the company culture. They're already dedicated to the mission. It's so much faster, right? To get Mm -hmm. someone in-house up to speed than bringing someone from the outside who's going to have to learn their new language, learn the new location and the team. Um, So it sounds like there's been some good success there, right? Oh, absolutely. Internal training. You know, if you go back uh, 30, 40 years, right? um, Most people, when they came out of high school or college, they went to work for a company and stayed there until they retired. My grandfather worked for PG&E his whole career. But I think that now you're seeing it on average, a software developer stays at a job for 18 months. And that's very hard to keep any kind of consistency and, and um, you know, having not feel like you're always hiring, right? And when you have an apprenticeship where you have one of your own people, you invest in their education, you invest in their lifestyle, it, en- it turns into long-term benefits of retention because we're finding that they're staying four years or more when the company has invested in their education. Interesting. Okay, so the turnaround is a lot less. Their investment goes further from within the company. Absolutely. What made you guys want to um, focus on rural areas? So Dev Pipeline, you created this. You're the founder. Um, tell us a little bit about the backstory of that and, and why you're focusing on rural towns and maybe not bigger cities. When we started visiting other communities, we were originally uh, working with Ephraim and starting to work with Nephi, some of the smaller communities here in Utah, we kept hearing about Vernal and the Innovation Hub. And you should go see what Vernal has done with that Innovation Hub. And for those that don't know, the Innovation Hub is, is a converted police station in Vernal that, that is now a high-tech co-working space. So... That turned into a visit to Vernal. We met with the city uh, mayor. We met with the city planner. We met with the head of the innovation hub and the um, president of the chamber. And that turned into conversations about how could Dev Pipeline benefit a community like Vernal. And we walked away from those conversations with kind of a newfound vision as far as where Dev Pipeline can really make a difference. And so that started off with one student. We had one student here in Vernal that went through our first program and, and that turned into an open house, which became eight students for the next semester. And then that turned into 10 students. And we've, we've had 26 apprentices come through our program here in Vernal alone. That's fantastic. So every year it's just scaling bigger and bigger. Okay. So tell me about your experience working with some of the students here in our, in our small town. Sure. Yeah. So we've had, um, we've had lots of great stories. We, especially here in Vernal, it's been, it's been phenomenal to see the changes in their lives. Um, one story I'll tell you about is, is a guy by the name of John Ibsen. And John was working initially as IT for a school district here in, in, in Vernal. And then he kind of fell into a job with one of the local technical colleges here and was doing that. And, and wasn't feeling like he was getting where he needed to be. And so when he heard about our program, he came to the open house. And at first we were a little bit hesitant to bring him on. We didn't know if he was a, a spy or what, but John became one of our 
fantastic students. Like he just, he got it. He was driven. He, he owned his journey. He was all into it. And uh, it, in fact, it was just about a semester and a half later, he became one of our instructors. And he taught our courses to other apprentices for about a year. And then he was able to get a job with the University of Utah, where they weren't even hiring remotely for that position. But because he impressed them so much, they they offered to hire him. And he still lives here in Vernal, but he works for the University of Utah remotely. That's fantastic. Something that, that I've seen is that there's kind of a community that's growing within the tech scene here of as each gra- year of graduates happen and more and more are graduating, it's forming naturally this bigger and bigger community within the tech world here, which is really exciting. And it seems like there's a lot of mentorship going on where someone goes through the program and then they, they reach a hand out to the next, the next generation of students and they're helping them succeed. And so it's kind of fun to be seeing the start, the birth of this community and to see where this is going to go. Because then within that tech world, you know, as they're talking about the different jobs that are open or oftentimes you bring people on your team, right? Like you, you want to hire people you like, people you trust, people you know. And so by building that community, it's only going to foster, right, that the economic strength within that tech scene here. Would you say that? Absolutely. You know, you look at, look at um, a lot of our graduates who've, who've gone on to bigger and better things, so to speak. Um, we almost can't get rid of them. They keep coming back and keep calling and, and, and jumping on and helping people. And, and it's, it's really fun to see. We call it the Dev Pipeline family. Once a, once a member of the family, you're always a member of the family. And here in a community like Vernal, it's really beautiful to see the kind of the, the camaraderie, that community, like you said, of, of people who have gotten into the tech scene, who've, who've become developers, who now have this, this bond, this, this connection and uh, and seeing that that companies are are reaching out now for local talent, and they see that that local talent is here, they don't have to go to the Wasatch Front or or anywhere else. That's fantastic, and it you have some exciting news to share with us. Where you've been in Vernal for a couple of years, kind of developing and collaborating with the city partnership, with the county partnership. You're helping our texting grow here. Tell us what's next, because it sounds like you've. There's some fun things happening. There is some fun things. We we applied last year for a grant for 2024 from the Governor's Office of Economic Opportunity to basically replicate in two other communities in Utah what we've done here in Vernal, where we partner with the government, we partner with the your county, city, we partner with employers, and we partner with the local you know um, innovation hub or, or co-working spaces. And we build the same kind of community, the same kind of resources in these other communities that we've, that we've done here in Vernal. So we were, we were awarded that grant of $100,000 just in December to, to do that this year. Thank you. I think that's a big testament to what a need there is because small towns like ours, we want to grow. We want to be part of the growing tech scene and be at the cutting edge. And so to be able to have the outside support to get us where we want to go is really helpful. So and, thank you. And Uwinna County has been fantastic um, for, for economic development and the dollars put from the, from the Uwinna County to help foster that community here in the county has been awesome. That's awesome. My last question for you both is if, if you had a magic wand and could, you know, have your wish granted for what you hope for for small town tech, what, what would each of you wish for? Travis, well, go ahead. Because we don't know where technology will be in, in the future, 
I guess my 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 hope is that our our current local businesses are able to keep up with the changes of text so, so that they're competitive with businesses and and um, you know organizations outside of the basin and and I hope that as a community again we're able to 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 keep up and grow the educational needs um, and the demands to to make sure that we're we're staying on top of um, you know the advancements in tech and um, I hope we have companies like Dev Pipeline that will be here, um, you know, providing those, you know, helping provide those, um, you know, those those local opportunities and that, that education, so that um, not only folks can can um, have those career paths, but really really to to provide that service to local to local businesses because that's something we didn't really touch on is the we talked about the education, but the services that these guys are providing to, um, you know, those, those coding and those, those development needs that, that local businesses need. I think, um, the hope is that we'll have those kind of, um, resources in in Vernal so that we can, again, continue to grow and be competitive. Definitely. How about you, Jason? So we, we have a vision statement, uh, at Dev Pipeline and it, it reads as such, it says we envision a world where everyone has access to a rewarding software development career and every company can meet their software development needs. And that's kind of the vision, right, is that even in a small community where maybe tech hasn't been a, a big focus, um, it it becomes more of a focus. We've really loved our partnership with Vernal and with UNA County because it's been very forward-thinking. It's been very tech-centric, and I think that has been a key in the success here in this community, and I'd love to see that continue. I'd love to see this kind of spread to these other communities here in Utah and and across the United States. Definitely. Well, thank you both so much for all that you're doing uh, to help our tech team grow. Really appreciate it. Thanks for thank coming you. on, guys. Thank you. This show is produced by Summer Creative Agency and V6 Media. This podcast is sponsored by Vernal City, Strata Networks, Uinta County Tourism and Events, and Uinta County Economic Development. Check out our show notes and website, smalltowncomeback.org, for documentaries and more content about these stories. 